a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share real life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best life. I'm Michelle Scharf. And I am Jenny Taylor. And Michelle, it's Thanksgiving week. We are only a couple of days away from all the good food and family and gatherings. And this is my first time hosting Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) And we laugh because I just turned 43 and I have... All these years of enjoying Thanksgiving, never at my house. We've always gone to either my mom's or my mother-in-law's or both. Usually we're trying to get back to both. And so this year, my parents have moved into a patio home in a retirement community. They're ready to maybe pass the baton. We've just moved into our new home, which we're really excited to host. and plenty of space. Yes, we're, we're excited. And so we <laughs> Where spent- are you going to host it? In the garage or no. in the... Um- In the basement. Okay, so we moved things around this weekend. We're going to come right to the kitchen great room. Oh, wow. Listen, I'll post pictures. We brought half the nice patio furniture from the deck into the living room to create more seating. We just squished everything a Uh little. And then we've got, of course, the folding tables and the dining table. We've got the little kid table because I still have young ones and my nieces and nephews. So we're going to... How many people are coming? Oh, I think we said maybe 30 (gasps) around there. Oh, my gosh. And that's literally like my three siblings... And my parents, and then my nieces and nephews. Like, that is not the extended, extended family. This is pretty immediate, but we're excited. And um, I will admit, though, my mom is still cooking the turkey. <laughs> so I'm I was just going to say, <laughs> I hope you're not I, really going to attempt this all no, on your own oh, for 30 heavens. people. I'm, uh, I'm excited. The first time? To, no, we're really good at family potluck. Oh, good. So we get together every other Sunday with pretty much the same group for dinner mm-hmm. at my mom's. So this will also break it up to go to my home rather than hers. But I've got new tablecloths. I've got new dishes. We're really excited. I, for the past few years, have been on rolls and mashed potatoes. That's kind of my niche. And my sister and sisters-in-law have kind of their specialties. Uh-huh. But my mom's the bird lady. We are all going to be really sad when she says she's no longer cooking the turkey because she does such a good job. And we do a massive bird and a turkey breast on the side because there's a lot of us. There, there's a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I have done Thanksgiving for many years, for the past 30 years. We've lived out here in Utah away from family. There's been, of course, a few Thanksgiving that we've been back Somewhere in California sure. f- for Thanksgiving. But um, I, I've cooked for my family and, and other people that we would invite over that didn't have a place to go. And um, I love... And you go all out. I do. And, and I did it <laughs> all like, on my own. Denying it. I do. No, I, so I would do... Else. Just you. 
Well, my kids were all young, oh, and so, true. and then if I were inviting yeah. people that didn't have a place to go, I You're didn't want to ask them to, to bring anything. Yeah, ours so. is more, we're all in different households where we're all happy to bring yes. a couple of things. So this year, this year, I'm very excited because this year I, I decided, my brother's coming. Oh, good. And so uh, my brother, his wife, and his two girls, okay. um, they're adults, um, they, the, his where kids, are they coming from? Sacramento. Okay, perfect. <clears throat> Roseville. Um, his daughters mostly do their Thanksgiving every year. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, so they love, way ahead of me. <laughs> they love to cook. And, and the only thing when my sister-in-law, Celsi called me, she's like, the girls still want to cook and participate. They just like, this is their thing. Oh, I love that. And so I do a turkey. I have perfected the turkey. I want you to teach me. It's very easy. Because I love turkey. And I'm very sad we really only eat turkey once a year. And I feel like I need to bring in turkey a couple more times a year. Oh, yeah. I just love it. For I your family, especially food. leftovers yes. and soups. And and I love the potatoes and the gravy and the <laughs> stuffing and all the things you oh, can yeah. do. So, yes, let's talk. We'll have a Yeah, we'll have, a to have it. Show. Yes, we'll have to talk about that so, after. So, this time of year, Michelle, um, gratitude... We're thankful, I think, especially with children. I know it's hard for my kids to not just go from Halloween to Christmas list. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to say, no, Thanksgiving's a thing. We're going to pause and try to be grateful before we jump into what we want. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's hard in today's fast-paced life where you go from ice I swear you go from back to school items at Costco to Christmas the next day. I know. Isn't it strange? Let's talk about how do we make Thanksgiving its own thing? How do we give it its due? I know you love the holiday. I love the holiday. And, you know, for people that are Christian and have a, a, you know, look forward to Christmas and, and the birth of the Savior. For me, it's like. Isn't it a beautiful way to start yes. the, the Christmas holiday? To acknowledge and give thanks for right. the things that we have been blessed with. And maybe be a little more mindful than we are during the year. I know my mom has this fun tradition. She puts a giant sheet of butcher paper down the hallway and the kids can either draw or write things they're thankful for. And, and you know, she puts it up right about after Halloween. It's mm-hmm. up most of the month of November. And it's funny how, as you think, well, what am I thankful for? One or two things helps you remember three or four things, helps mm-hmm. you think of five or six things. And pretty soon it really does snowball. Yeah. When you pause and make that effort, I'm grateful for these people, these opportunities, these circumstances. My house, I mean, pretty soon you're thinking, oh my goodness, I could fill the whole butcher paper myself. Mm-hmm. But most of the year we're just so busy we don't pause. So I yeah. love that we take the time to maybe focus a little more on our gratitude and the blessings so, we have. I went through a self-development training in like ugh, 1985, I think it was, okay. um, 1995. Yeah, 1995. Okay. And, um, and they talked about gratitude being the key to abundance. And that really stuck with me. And um, I wasn't always perfect at it, but I really did start a, a pattern of gratitude throughout my daily life. And at this point, I have a journal that I write in almost daily. Really? Um, I've been writing this month, except for last week. I think I just lost my mind and and forgot a few days. But um, this week I've been focused, or this month on social media, I've been focused on posting what I'm grateful for just in the moment. And and, kind of saying it out loud. And and then, you know, the interesting thing about it is, is that when you get in this habit 
all of a sudden, when you just pause to say, what am I grateful for? And you just ask yourself the question, it gets easier and easier to identify the things to be positive about. You become more and more aware of all the good, even when there is the heavy. So let's talk about this. The holidays Mm -hmm. can also be very difficult for people who are grieving, whether you're grieving a divorce, grieving a death, grieving lost dreams, lost opportunities. For people that have estranged families, family issues. It can bring a lot of things maybe under the microscope that you're able to kind of just Mm -hmm. wash over throughout the year and here they become the elephant in the room. I, I know in our case, you know, my husband died at the beginning of November. I remember walking into that first Thanksgiving that year. I was at my aunt's house just a couple of weeks after he died, and everyone's so grateful and so positive, and there's pie and a beautiful turkey and decorations. And I remember being in the thick of that fog just thinking, uh, I am so grateful, but I my heart yeah. is broken. My heart is full. Don't get me wrong. My uh-huh. heart is full. I have so many wonderful gifts and blessings and so thankful, so much to be thankful for, especially that year when mm-hmm. so many people were helping us. But my full heart was a broken heart. Right. And then each year that comes back and those holidays can be so heavy. So let's talk for a minute. You can't make grief go away. And no. I don't think either of us would advise to even try to. There's, no. There's a, grief has its role. It has its purpose. It It has its power in our lives. I finally have gotten to the point where I feel like I've made peace with grief, that grief isn't such a negative thing. It's just part of the acknowledgement of the love that I had for my right. spouse. And, it's and I no longer get through or get over with. Right. It's just something that I get to pause and be with. Hmm. And like um, and then then I get, as soon as it's done, I get to move on and, and move forward and be happy and grateful again and, and so focus on we, life. How do we incorporate? Let's focus on the power of gratitude. I know mm-hmm. there's all kinds of studies, whether they're anecdotal or statistical mm-hmm. or scientific, there's a lot of studies being, out there. Being grateful, exercising gratitude actually really does make you feel better. It actually it really does. It erase the mm-hmm. grief, but I would say the gratitude helps soften the grief. It can soften yes. the blow of whatever challenge you're facing. It doesn't have to just be a deceased person in your life. Like you said, mm-hmm. estranged family, difficulty. We've talked with people mm-hmm. with infertility, financial, whatever hard thing you're going through, the holidays do kind of seem to put it under a microscope. How can we have gratitude help us with that grief through particularly this Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah. Well, gratitude, first of all, is an affirmation of goodness in the world. It results from two cognitive, a two-step cognitive process. One is recognizing that one has obtained a positive outcome. Okay, I like that. So, you know, death isn't a positive outcome, right. but we can look for things within that that are positive in the, the process that itself. Was lived. Yeah, yeah, the people that help. Right, exactly. Okay. And two, recognizing that there is an external source of this positive outcome. So whether okay, that's, that's God, you, the universe, karma, um, yeah. karma um, yeah. And every religion from Judaism, Christianity, sure. Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, they all have gratitude is like the very essence of what it means to be a human being in, right. in their kind of tenets of faith. So I think that that's really interesting. This time of year, to be able to focus on gratitude, it puts us in a state of acknowledgement and ability to open doors in our relationships. So maybe you do have an estranged family member, and maybe you start seeing the positive aspects of them or that situation 
and trying to recognize what has come that out of that situation. Good, there's good in all things. There's and, good in, in and all things, and, and that maybe the problem that you had with that person was the catalyst of growth for you. True. So maybe it was painful, and maybe you have some but hurt you can feelings. Find some of that purpose, but maybe it really has been part of your growth process, and so maybe you could start reframing that relationship and that this wasn't comfortable and yet I've developed and grown from this experience. And that mind shift about where that sits in your your perspective. Right. And what will that do? That will change your attitude, thoughts, or behaviors towards that person instead of harboring anger or upset. You can start to see the value that was there from that situation. Not not that this applies to everything. There are some sure. traumatic stuff out well, there. Well, and there's and there's boundaries that need to be in place. And maybe absolutely. some broken relationships that just need to be, be broken. And that's okay. Yeah. And you and don't that's have okay. to carry the guilt of that. Hey, let's yes. take a quick break and come back yep. and talk about a little bit more. We'll be right back. Sounds good. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so we're talking about gratitude and how it can help with really the difficult times of life. I mean, it's not that gratitude's the magic wand, but mm-hmm. it kind of can be. Like I found a study I was looking at that talked about the physical reaction of gratitude within your brain and the chemicals and hormones and things. It talks about dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. That All the feel these good. neurotransmitters. They, yeah. Like it's the same thing like maybe going to get a good workout or mm-hmm. that kind of emotional high from something awesome mm-hmm. that happens. Gratitude can help you also release the toxic emotions and that positive attitude and outlook really can. I mean, you change your perspective. You've just changed your world. Right. Yeah, we talk exactly. about rose colored glasses as if that's a negative thing. And while we don't want to be naive and crazy. Maybe sometimes some rose-colored glasses would do most of us some good and, and let something slide and maybe let something set aside. And the way gratitude can help you kind of be in the moment. When you're yeah. thankful, maybe you're a little less sad about the past or a little less anxious about the future. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change those two things, but it changes your perspective, which kind of does change those two things. It, you it can really change does. how you view the past and the future. So there are benefits to gratitude on our physical health and the National Institute of health, I believe it was, in 2012, published a study on the benefits. Really? That grateful people experience fewer physical aches and pains in their body. Okay, that's awesome. Which is kind of interesting because who complains the most about aches and pains? People that are aging. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For for you youngins out there. Oh, hey, trust me. I'm past young. Like I said, 43 and I own every day of that age. I know. We're 10 but years apart. But just, but just you wait until you get to 50. You're like, oh, I have to stand up <laughs> after I wake up in the morning. But that's interesting how it can actually change your mm-hmm. physical. Because I think so mm-hmm. often we think of it as only an emotional or mental thing. And yet there's such a connection between your physical body and your mental being 
or your emotional person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will ache less if I am grateful. You will more. ache less. Sign me up. But interesting enough, people who are grateful go to their doctors more often and maintain and and take care okay, of their that's physical health and well-being better. So that awareness of what you're grateful for leads to better self-care? Mm-hmm. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Okay, that is interesting. Yeah. Because I guess if yeah. you have a positive outlook, I mean, again, gratitude really is perspective, mm-hmm. right? It's trying to see the good. It's trying to appreciate even the pain, knowing there could be maybe some purpose or lesson or growth mm-hmm. to come in it. Yeah, so and all, all of these things I'm finding are studies like the 2012 studies from the National Institute of Health Psychology Today have several reports backing up the health and benefits of being grateful. And then there's a 2015 paper in the Journal of Religion and Health that found that those who are more grateful for who they are and what they have are not only more hopeful, but they're physically more healthy. So, okay, that is notable. Yes, it is all very notable. So it's really interesting because, you know, there's a saying, what you resist persist. So like Fair. the things that you're resisting in life will persist until you address and them. Fester, right? sure. And fester. And I, reading through this stuff in preparation, I was thinking, and what you focus on becomes your reality. Absolutely. So the... So if you're negative, 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 you're kind of inviting that energy and that intentionality of negative thought patterns or behaviors to come in. Other negative people around you or pushing away the positive people. So right. it kind of exactly. adds on to that effect. Yeah. And so it's really fascinating to me because I'm like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And after John died, I was still doing it not as often. And I've been getting into a better practice and habit this past year. And I would say that I have been getting to the place where I lay in bed and instead of thinking about like, I really wish I had a partner or I really wish that relationship would have worked out or what I really wish my husband was here. I've been laying in bed in the morning going, I have such an amazing, great life. Wow. And feeling really content and happy. Like I am really, really blessed to be in the situation that I am. And I can see the overall health benefits of that. Well, and I love how the gratitude can lead you to feeling content. And and content's okay. Like, it doesn't yeah, have to be no. jubilation no, every day. No, absolutely not. But to be yeah. content with your lot in life, you know, yeah. for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. So let's talk about how you do it. You say you've gotten better at this practice of gratitude. And then yeah. let's maybe look at what are some... Specific Thanksgiving traditions. Do you have any in your family that you had with your kids over oh my the gosh. years? Yes. Let's talk about how we do it. We yes. know the importance of it. I want to be less achy. I want to be more positive. I get yeah. it. I'm all in. How it, do I do it? Yeah, it really is a simple little practice. Just like you might wake up every morning and say your prayers before you step out of bed. Well, after stating your prayer or even in your prayer, you could acknowledge to God what you're grateful for and, and the things that you see. I'm really grateful my kids are all healthy. I'm really grateful they all got out of bed and got dressed and ready for school today. And it could be anything it, small or large, right. right? And again, like I said, the more I find myself finding something to be grateful for, then I find more things. Right. But in, in the moment, if I, if I kind of block the wall, then it's easy to just be busy and overwhelmed. And oh my goodness, I can't do this. But right. It's really just taking, pause, it's taking the moment to acknowledge the things that you are grateful for. And they that. don't have to be big things. No. 
I'm and grateful for the running water. I'm grateful that my heat's on. I'm, you know, we take grateful. that for. I have, grateful I have a soft, cozy bed. <laughs> right? I, I just know. got a new down comforter and duvet cover. And my bed has been transformed. I feel like I'm climbing into a Marriott hotel oh, every night. And I love it. And See just taking a moment to say I'm grateful for this I'm blanket. So grateful. I'm grateful I have this pillow. I'm yeah. grateful the heat turns on when my home starts to yeah. get cold. You know, those are things that a lot of people like you and I, I middle class people. We take it for granted. We take it for granted. You know, yeah. how many widows out there don't end up in a situation where they're okay. Well, and how many people, you know, you and I have traveled quite a Mm -hmm. bit outside of just where we live at home and seen widow or not, there is real want and poverty in this world. There's struggle for, for where's the next meal versus we're trying to cut out calories and lose a few pounds. Do you, I mean, right. Sometimes that perspective could be absolutely tapered a little. So it could be in a prayer. It could Uh be in a journal. Uh-huh. It, I know some people have like you a could write it on card. Facebook and share it with the world. That's true. Put it out there. You know, one thing that I like about doing this, I have started to notice more positive things on Facebook, and I tend to scroll past the negative things without really taking yeah, them. If I if I, time, I don't have the energy I don't have the that. energy or time for it, and so and I don't want that negative energy. Yeah. So like, if I start to read something and it's like just really Some heavy, rant. yeah. If it's just an angry rant. Now, if it's somebody who's saying, I'm really struggling right sure. now, I'm willing to listen to because that vulnerability. Connection. Right, because it's connection, Even and that's through a, a high value media, for me. I have found, I know social media has its qualms, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but there's a lot of times where I've learned of someone's struggle because they were vulnerable yeah. and posted it, and now I know that maybe they need a hand or they need they need my prayers or my good vibes yeah. sent their way. I had a friend who lost a, a dog, connect. and I sent her some cookies, and it made oh. me feel good that I could do See, something that's it. for it. You feel good. Service and yes. gratitude, right? Yes. Service and gratitude and the countering of negativity. Yeah. So beautiful and and it's great like you know we talk about the negatives of social media all the time but i think sure. there are a lot of positives yes. for me it was a great outlet to i'm such a verbal processor and the process that i went through john with a, a lot of the book that i'm writing takes excerpts from right. my facebook page because you in the um, moment could put words to your emotions and your experiences yes and yeah, i could send powerful. them out into the world and i was very aware that there were both enemies of mine because i'm in politics i absolutely have my enemies um not everybody likes me i know that's really hard to believe Can you imagine <laughs> there are people who don't like us michelle i just don't know where they I know. are uh-huh. i just can't imagine that but um and i knew that it was going to be go to both sure but i felt the need but to that's just... the true vulnerability right then. letting uh, it go out there regardless of the fact that some people might not appreciate it or value or some it. people were reveling in my loss i mean yeah. I, I you know some people were cruel enough to like be that cruel wow to me directly but you know it's uh gratitude changes everything it changes our perspective on the world and so that's what i wanted to say is you know when we go out into facebook land and we're on there and we're consuming maybe stuff that is really bringing us down yeah Stop it. Yeah. You don't have to like read said, it. You don't have it, to engage past, in it. Unfollow. Yeah. yeah. I, I've unfollowed a lot of people because I just don't want to see the, and you'll find the, the negativity. People, there tend to be those who it's, I mean, every once in a while we're all going to have a negative something, mm-hmm. right? That's human right. versus is it every single thing you do is down or maybe everything you do is trying to be uplifting and mm-hmm. finding that better perspective and finding some purpose. 
And for me, it's a double-edged sword, right? The people that are toxically positive and only put out positive, positive, and I never see any vulnerability from them. Pollyanna. We call them Pollyanna. I'm like, I I don't relate and I can't connect to that, right? And you know it's not real. Right. Because Because I've lived a life and I've had enough trauma myself that it's like... Look, we all but struggle. But you can even be positive and real. Yes, absolutely. I and mean, that's one of the things I've learned a lot this past year, and I've spoken about it a bit, the word and. Mm-hmm. And I can be realistic and having a horrible, awful day, and yeah. I could still be grateful. I could still find something good. I can be real and not brush over the bad Jenny, when without I, dwelling on it and yes, reveling in it. Yes, I'm glad you brought this up because this year, that's been my practice. Like, okay, Interesting. when I'm getting really down, I need to stop and really focus. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's been the weirdest things to like, I'm grasping for yeah. gratitude. I'm grateful <laughs> there's oxygen to breathe. <laughs> Somewhat, you know, sometimes yeah. it's like, I'm grateful that I have a waterfall feature out in my backyard oh, that I can go and listen and, to and, and kind of the and escape and I connect with water. I'm a Pisces. I, I love the water and hearing those sounds like it soothing to me. And sometimes it's like, I'm just grateful for this right now. Yeah, and sometimes I have to moment. just focus on that one thing in order to really kind of shift and start to get thinking, out of, that. To, get out of yeah. it to where I can start really thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. On a deeper level. And I think that's what we can do. You can start with some of those surface things and try to get deeper. Let's take one more break and then come back and talk about maybe some Thanksgiving traditions. Yes. That you've had over the years or that I've I've tried to incorporate with my family. We'll be right back. Michelle, traditions. You and I have lived many years combined with many children between us, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Uh, we've hosted or been to lots of Thanksgiving yeah. dinners and gatherings, whether it's a Friendsgiving or a pie night separate from the actual feast. Share some traditions. What have you What have I you can tell had you the whole, whole Thanksgiving day from the time I was a child and what I continued with my children, and now it is shifting, but this was... Pretty much my life for, I would say, a good 40, 45 years. Decent amount of time. Every morning we wake up and my mom would make canned cinnamon and orange rolls. Okay. Both of those. Like the kind that pop out of, out the, of the can. Out of the can. Uh-huh. Okay, perfect. It's a good healthy start to the day. I, I was raised missionary Baptist. They are not the bakers that the Mormons are. <laughs> So, and my mom was doing all of this cooking herself. So I'm sure she did all that while she's still running a kitchen full of turkey dinner. I know, but you know, probably if I had an LDS mother, those would probably been prepared the night before and thrown in, right? (laughs) But my mom didn't do that. Okay, so they were Pillsbury canned. I don't know if we can use a brand, but I um, do love the orange rolls. But I'm the only one in my family that does, so I can't buy them very often or make them very often because then I eat the whole batch. I I love love them so much. I do. They are my favorite. Okay, I so never that's eat where the you cinnamon start. roll. So that's, we get up. Walk me through the day. We, we get up and we wake up to orange and cinnamon rolls. And then usually some scrambled eggs, maybe some bacon. Throw a little and bit of protein. Uh-huh. Okay. And the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, awesome. And my mom is already in the kitchen starting oh, have to the be. feast. 
So you're watching all the floats and the giant floating mm-hmm. balloons and everything. And, and then she tells us to go get dressed, go shower, get ready, get dressed. And then we have to start setting up tables as yep. kids. And then we were always in charge, or I was always in charge of vegetable platters. Oh, very uh, good. Which has now turned into my passion the for charcuterie. charcuterie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you started at such a young age. I good started, job, Michelle's I mom. Know. Good so job. So I would do the celery boats and it. Make and everything and beautiful. As I got older, I started being creative with it. You know, I'd take yeah. lettuce to line the. And it was all it's my doing. It, it was just. I love it. But I think about that now and I'm like, oh, this was the birthplace of my charcuterie, uh-huh. my love Look for charcuterie. You. So we would prepare like the olives and the celery and the meat and cheese platters and vegetable platters. And um, my mom was cooking. Meanwhile, she's got turkey and she's got turkeys going and and she is doing yams and mashed potatoes, stuffing and gravy, of course. And then, of course, the green onion, green Green bean bean salad, casseroles, whatever. Green bean Um, soup and French fried onions on top. Okay, I know what you're talking about. other tradition, and I don't know why or where this came in, is baked beans. So you take pork and beans, and you add I a feel package like that's of a little Fourth of July. Okay, I love it. Bring it. To this is our family. I love it. It's a I very it. strange thing. I don't know but it's exactly. Yours. Yeah, it's Own ours. It. Own it. So pork and beans with French onion soup and brown sugar and ketchup. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Really yummy. It sounds uh, delicious. It, and all my kids, it's a staple for not only my kids but my Brothers With your kids? turkey. Turkey and pork turkey, and beans. Turkey, pork and beans. Okay. And um, <laughs> we call it bar- barbecued beans. But so then, of course, rolls. And usually those are like Rhodes rolls yeah. or something Frozen like that. Frozen and home baked. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's hard to pull off all of that in a kitchen if you're the if you're the cook for everyone. They're just yeah, especially in 1970s, and, 80s sure. kitchen. Good job. Good job, Mom. <laughs> I don't know how she did it because I'm like... I know the little oven, the wall oven, I know. smaller space. The little teeny tiny countertop. Yeah. Like, I don't know how she did it. And so those were the staples. What time the, of day do you pumpkin eat? pumpkin pie. I'm curious. She would make Is pumpkin it a lunch? P- Is it a dinner? It's Usually it was served around 2, eight, okay. uh, 2 p.m. Okay. Um, she would make it's a lot to pull with off my early when my kids got older. So my mom started early, early in the morning, which is why she was already she up to, with all of that. Yeah, the cinnamon rolls are ready for right. it because she's been up for hours. She's already been starting on all of that. My mom started this tradition with us when my kids got old enough, and my daughter has a real sweet memories with my mom making pumpkin pies. Oh, so that pumpkin is sweet. pies. And then we also had like a variety of treats that my mom also made. So my, my mom put on all of this That's herself a in, in a That's day. That's a good show. Like she yeah. had to be so tired because I've tried it in, all in a day. And I was like, she I don't know why she ever do, do this. Yeah, yeah, just all that didn't. day. Wow. She made fudge. She would make peanut butter brittle. Uh-huh. And one of our family traditions that is a must even though a lot of people don't even like it, they don't want to eat it, but they want it there. But you got to have it. Sure. Uh, we have a few of those in our family. Yeah. Magic bars, which is like a graham cracker crust oh, I love with coconut, coconut. Sweet, condensed milk, caramely. Oh, yeah. That's and I make mine with macadamia nuts. Oh, I'm coming over. Yeah. Oh, I'll make I'm you coming some. coming over. I'll make you some because I can't eat them anymore because so I've developed do, allergies. So, but that's all. <laughs> see, that's all Thanksgiving. That is all Thanksgiving. It's a lot of food. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's a lot. It's insanity. So I have pared it down. Okay. (laughs) 
What's I, your? I used to do all of that except for like the fudge and there is some all things the, that yeah, like I'm some like some of the candied treats. I don't like baking really, and I don't like candy making. So, so I didn't then do does that. everybody just stay for the day? Do you linger if you're having kind of a late lunch, early dinner? So what's the evening look like? At home, as a kid, family would come over and people would stay until the evening, clean up, and everyone would take leftovers sure. so there wasn't a up. ton of food, yeah. and and that was great. Um, for me, I my kids were usually, it was just us and our kids, maybe some other people. They'd right. stay for an hour, visit, I'd send them home with leftovers. Um, then I ended up doing a lot of this cleaning and work on myself and you know putting it all away after it was all done my husband hated it he's like we don't have to do this we just have four kids we don't have to have a full spread you know i love that and he would say that every year but i couldn't do it it was like it's just another day if we don't do it different so i reached out my brother's coming I reached out to his kids, my brother. I took a sample of what everyone felt like they needed. And so our menu, I have it in front of me. It's turkey, baked beans, stuffing, rolls, green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, which is mine. And that is really a dessert. I also will come eat it. Oh, I know. So good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I make it so ridiculous. Brussels sprouts with maple and bacon. Ooh. Mashed potatoes and gravy. And then we're having chocolate silk pie made by my niece. Very good. And my daughter and I will be making the pumpkin pie. Oh, my goodness. I love it. But on the note of you had lost your husband, it's the time that of year that he was killed, November 3rd. There's got to be a lot going into this. What's important to you about Thanksgiving and how... How have you been able to turn that month is I'm a widow, it's, Jenny, yeah. like the months matter, right? Yeah. The dates it is. matter. And I, you know, I start to feel it in my bones, bones around September, October when the weather turns cold. Brent and I were married in September. It's my birthday in October. October was the last time that he was alive, even though he was already deployed. I could talk to him. I remember those last few conversations, the last part of October. We get into November it's his death day, it's election day, it's Veterans Day, then it's Thanksgiving and Christmas right after. And mm-hmm. so it does feel like a lot. And to be honest, the first couple of years are just a blur. Like I said, I remember going to my aunt's house and and just almost feeling like I can't believe people are still eating turkey and pie when like he's my dead. You guys dead. know that, right? Like yeah. he's dead. Like this and but other than that it felt like another Thanksgiving, everything else tradition was in place. Um, I will admit one of our traditions that probably, you know, might be different for other people. I know there can be controversial feelings. Brent and I really liked Black Friday. Like even as newlyweds. So we were married in September, that first Thanksgiving. And then he was gone for like a year with the army. So we only had those first few months together. We, back in the day, there was no shopping on Thanksgiving and there was no real shopping online. So mm-hmm. Black Friday was a thing. Yes. In the morning. I, I remember and I right? loved it. Like yeah. 4 a.m. we were my, at. My girlfriends, we yes. like, get out the ads. Oh, yeah. After, yeah. So one of, one of our biggest traditions is looking at the Thanksgiving newspaper, which again, hardly exists anymore. You're right. But if I think back to true traditions with Brent and I, you know, this will be the 19th year since we were married, almost 20 years ago. Looking at the newspaper, kind of plotting out what we wanted to go get. That first year, we went and got thumb drives. 
that had, I think, 64 megabytes, and we thought they were the coolest things ever. <laughs> That's when we were still buying out. the yeah. readable, writable CD yeah. discs. So, so that first Thanksgiving that Brent was gone, you know, we went to my aunt's house for dinner. We, I think, went to a different aunt's house for pie later on. And I remember just wandering around, kind of fighting off those waves of grief and anxiety. And so I gave each of my kids, I think, 20 or $30.00. And we went Black Friday shopping on Thanksgiving. And it wasn't Christmas, and I didn't make them wait till Christmas. And it was probably, I mean, you could agree or disagree with me, but it was something that felt like, hey, Dad would have really loved the deal. Mm-hmm. We would always be the ones, we're going to find the deal. You go this way, and I'll go that way, and get it in your cart. It's not that he was even a shopper, but he was such a shrewd bargainer. Mm-hmm. That's why he loves the Middle East, because you didn't go buy something with a price tag. You bartered it down, uh-huh. and he loved that. So. He loved the good deal, and it was, you know, that first Thanksgiving, we, <laughs> me and a bunch of kids at, I don't know, 6 or 8 p.m. at the big box store looking for, everybody picked something, and it was kind of like, hey, Dad just bought you all a present for Thanksgiving because we all feel awful. Right. We're all trying really hard to be grateful, and, you know, whether that was a wise expense of that money or not, it it released some of those endorphins of bringing back some of the traditions. I think so, that's a great idea. So here we are now. We're four years later. Black Friday just isn't what it used to be. Like, I keep watching for the ads and waiting. Like, eh, it's been Black Friday for a few weeks. Everybody spreads it out. So in a way, that almost seems fitting because some of those traditions we had with Brent that felt like they died in our family when he died, well, they didn't necessarily die, but it's changed. It's changed. And that's just evidence that the world has changed. You and I have talked about this before. John and Brent would not recognize America today. No. It's changed so much in those fast four or five years, so much. And so now we're to the point where, you know, we're in this new home. I've never been the host. We're trying to embrace that and say, hey, look how beautiful life still is. Even though this is the time of year, we kind of all walk around feeling that punch in the stomach and, and, and the change of the leaves. It's the physical reminder, the cold weather, Christmas music. Oh, the man loved Christmas music, mm-hmm. like from Halloween on. And so my daughter and I will will sneak in some Christmas music for Thanksgiving, but my son is like, not until after Thanksgiving. So so we we love to kind of There's do this. There's always one in every family. We always, I know. And he just wants to be grumpy to be grumpy. Right. But so our Thanksgiving, we have a very traditional dinner, turkey, mashed potatoes, all of that. We we do split it up as a family. We mm-hmm. We always have when it was... The next gener, the higher generation, we'd be at my grandma's house, and my mom and all the aunts would each bring a chunk mm-hmm. of dinner. So we've never had one person making it. We all make plenty to share. We like a good, we like a good bargain buy, or at least planning for it, and then getting ready to put Christmas up, kind of that next day, which is you know so kind of that Black Friday weekend. But it is, it is a time of year where it takes a little more effort for me to be mindful of the good. I know mm-hmm. it's there and it's abundantly there. And and like you and I've talked about before, I mean, most widows are far worse off. I mean, we've we've been blessed so much. We've been helped so much. We have so many good, wonderful blessings in our lives. And he's still dead. Mm-hmm. And this time of year still brings that weight. So we're trying to form some new traditions Whereas a family, we're in this new home. We're going to be the host. We want to make it lovely for all the cousins coming over. So my little nine-year-old and I, she's helping me decorate. And we've got a few things we're excited about and some treat jars. And we moved all the furniture around. And it kind of feels like we're not erasing the memories or the traditions. 
You're but just it's just changed. New... It's just changed. And our, okay physical, new ones. and our physical mm-hmm. environment has helped us change because mm-hmm. now we're in a different surrounding in the home where we can say, and, you know, Black Friday doesn't exist. There's no fat newspaper on Thanksgiving to run to the grocery store and try to buy. Mm-hmm. It's okay, like you said. It's okay to love those memories, and they are still traditions of my heart, and it's okay that they're not the traditions of today. And I think yeah. that's where I'm getting to that content, mm-hmm. that peace, that I love what it was, and I really am learning to love what it is. Yeah. And that and that sometimes feels contradictory because how do you love life? How do you love that he's dead? Well, I don't mm-hmm. love that he's dead. I can still love life and what it has to offer. And like you said, I love that Thanksgiving sets the tone for Christmas. Before we jump into the hustle and bustle of everything what does it really mean? Well, it's gratitude. For me, yeah. it's gratitude for my God, for for I am Christian. It's gratitude for the Savior. What better way to jump in to the bigger holiday season than to pause first for a few days yeah. and, and be grateful? You know, recently, we're four years out. And I've dated. I've had my heart broken. And I have not dated and I've spent a lot of time reflecting. I spent some of that time really in grief all over again because this isn't what I wanted. This right. I, I had these dreams of this existence with my husband. But, you know, as I was going through these gratitude things, it's, it's just been the last couple of weeks, and, and I'm, I'm still playing with this. So this is raw and fresh and very vulnerable. I've realized that I met John when I was 17 years old. That's so young. We raised each other. We had a great marriage. We had a toxic marriage. We had a marriage full of grief and pain and struggles and financial hardship and financial wins. We did it all together. And underneath it all, we were 100% committed to each other and we loved each other. But... The grief comes when I allow myself to think about what it should have been or if he was still here or those things. And I'm starting to let go of that. And I'm starting to see the gift in his passing. Not that I would have wanted it. Let's be clear about that. Not that I'm glad he died of cancer. But because he did die of cancer, I am given an opportunity to learn a lot about myself and to experience life as an individual, not as John's wife, not as our kid's mother, sure, but truly but you. uniquely me. And I'm actually really enjoying this process and I'm seeing the beauty of it. And so the crazy thing is, is as I accept that, I do have less grief, like less periods of the dark, of the darkness of of that grief, because that grief is also about hanging on to the past or what could have been, should have been, whatever. How unfair it all is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm finally at a point where I'm like, I love John very much. If he was, if, if all things were different he never had experienced cancer. He was healthy. He was here. 
that would have been a great life too. Right. But now I get to have a new experience and this experience doesn't have to include another partner, another man. It could just be me. And it doesn't erase the experiences you've already had at this point in your life with John and otherwise. You bring it all with you like a book. The previous chapters are part of this chapter. Absolutely. I learned beautiful things from this man. But I also, my husband was such an adrenaline junkie. He was always pushing the edges. And I always felt the need to kind of be pulling him back. I've taken a few more risks than I would normally in my life. Not only with dating, but traveling or yeah. I'm really experiencing myself in a very different way. And I'm like, I don't know that I get these experiences had he stayed. Yeah. And there's something really beautiful. So I'm learning to also have gratitude about the opportunity to now be independent and on my own. Which, again, this is no, all very I, new. Right, right. It's, it's good. And at the same time, it's scary. But I'm starting to see some real beauty in it as I do acknowledge the opportunity for growth. I love that, Michelle. I love all these conversations we have when we get to share um, with each other and learn. It is this great journey of and. We've had beautiful marriages, uh, ups and downs, beautiful past and a beautiful present and future ahead of us. And it might not look a thing like we thought it would, and maybe that's okay too. Yes, and really quick, I know we need to wrap this up, but before we go, one thing that I'm really grateful for, I just attended the fundraiser for the Brent Taylor Foundation. It was such a lovely and wonderful night. Thank you for coming. It's a and great opportunity us. for our listeners if they want to contribute somewhere. The stories and the lives that are changing because of the scholarship are really amazing. And it was so fun to see those highlighted and to hear from some of the people that have received those awards, particularly the young man who was able to continue his flight lessons. And now he's going to be a pilot. He's in the Air Force. Yeah, he's in the Air Force ROTC, about to graduate college and go commission and and be one of our future military leaders in America. Like We're really proud of that. Yeah, that's really exciting. And so it's a really great cause. It's amazing the work you do. I Thanks. Everybody always asks me, how does Jenny do it? And I'm like, <laughs> she just runs with her hair on fire yep, all the time. All it's red because it's actually on fire. Yes. Um, I appreciate that, Michelle. You know, and it's been when you talk of opportunity that's come out of tragedy, I look at the things we've been able to do or be a part of through Brent's foundation and, and our family's foundation, whatever you call it. And I look at that and I think, you know what? This wouldn't have happened if he had lived. And not that I would say, okay, let's have him be gone right. so I can do these things. But the fact that he is, and I think that's a huge piece of resilience is that acceptance. Yeah, Acceptance, it just is. Yeah. I can wish away all day. It doesn't do any good. It is what it is. Look at the good can come out of it that can come after it and from it. And the only way I do it is with lots and lots of people. We were all crying. Helping. Oh, thank you. We were all crying. Yes. All, all of your friends, at least on my side of the room that knew you and people were texting me. Oh, that video of Brent made me cry. I was crying. There is a picture with him on the flag. And then he starts talking. I and I was like, I lost. I wasn't prepared to hear his voice. It's been a very long time for me. Yeah. And we all started bawling. It's funny how that's a part of grief. I just as we wrap this up, you know, my. You ask about Thanksgiving and the holidays this time of year for me. Well, I've also got seven little kids navigating this, and they're not as little as they used to be. 
For some of them, they're older and processing things on a deeper level. For some of them, they're finally not babies and they'll just be able to process things. My six-year-old, who's almost seven, and we were talking the other day and he said something like, I don't remember much. In fact, I don't remember anything. And I kind of looked at him. I said, what do you mean, buddy? He said, about dad. Like, I don't remember what he used to do with us. I don't remember his voice. And my heart just broke thinking, they don't, do I remember his voice? Do I remember those moments? You know, you remember the overall concept, but I'm grateful for the technology that has let us preserve a lot of him through some of those video and audio clips. And so we spent some time this past Sunday as a family watching some home videos or interviews Brent had done with the news so my little kids could hear his voice. Mm, And that's one thing where... Um, I was, you know, we can we can live beautiful, wonderful, awesome mm-hmm. lives going forward, and I am determined to. And those 15 years will always be significant chapters in my life before now, always. Yeah. And I'll be grateful for that, always. So John died in July, but John's birthday is November 22nd. So my oh, family is, is coming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My family. So it's always yeah, been a tender. Yeah, right um, Sometimes his birthday falls on Thanksgiving. Right. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> um, but my family's coming in, and I have not done anything to honor John every year since he's gone, but I've always wanted to. And I have developed a terrible wheat allergy, so I'm going to have to do some different recipes. But sure. I've decided to make carrot cake and banana cream pie. Oh, And so tomorrow, those were his favorites, and I don't like either, but... I'm going to make them for him. That's what we're having for dessert. And so we're having a pre-dessert night for our family on his birthday, which is tomorrow night, Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Michelle, I love that. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. This is almost a little bit of memory lane for the two of us. Again, we learn so much every time we interview someone else. And sometimes we learn by just letting ourselves talk together for a minute. So thank you to our listeners for hanging in there with us. We would love, as always, to hear your journey, your your grief, your triumphs, your resilience. Please join us. We'd love to have you reach out to us and make that connection. We'll get you on the calendar and get you here in studio or over the phone. You can find us on social media at Relentlessly Resilient on Facebook and Relentlessly Resilient Podcast on Instagram. Or you can send us an email at rrpodcast at ksl.com. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks to our great producer, Kellyanne Halverson, for keeping things rolling here in the studio. And remember, whatever you do today, remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles others are dealing with in their life. Have a great day. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.